Welcome to Oh, The People Will Meet podcast with your host, me, Stephanie Richardson. On each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest who shares her story of dreaming big, accomplishing goals, and finding unique purpose in life. Along life's journey, you never know the people we'll meet. Because of fear, how often do we stop walking in our gifts, our calling? What if we take that first step? Author, design firm owner, Ginger Curtis shares how she put her fear aside and took the first step that led to incredible things for her life. Hello, welcome to Oh, The People Will Meet. I'm so very happy to have Ms. Ginger Curtis on our call today, our podcast today. It's been a while since we've had our podcast, but and um, but I just still feel like there's so many stories that need to be shared. Um, and I'm so excited about Ginger's story today and you guys getting to meet her um, as well. So I always started the podcast, Ginger, with sharing a little bit about how I met the person. I meet people in the most random places, um, just the Chick-fil-A at, you know, on the airplane, like don't sit next to me on an airplane because you're going to be my new best best friend. Um, you know, just all these great places. And actually the way that I met quote unquote met you was through house. Um, I was, we were about to build a house, um, which we ended up not doing. And so I was doing some research on, um, designers and I came across your design and I was like, this is so cool and so different than everything else that I had seen. I was just like immediately attracted to, um, the design. And I think it was a house and flower mound you did. That's like, it's has a lot of black and white and, um, and wood mixture. And it's just beautiful. And, and it was just so different than something else I'd seen. And so I was like, this is so cool. And that led me to following you on Instagram, which led me to looking at your stories. And, um, and there was just some kind of connection that I had to you that I was like, this lady is so cool. I love her design. I love you know, all these things about what you're showing and the textures and, you know, the nature and all the things that I could tell were inspiring you, the beauty, and there was something about you. And so I was like, um, and so one day you were sharing something and I don't really know what you were sharing. Um, I think it was about, about your breast cancer journey and I didn't know your story, And so I just immediately was like, I want to ask you to be on the podcast. And I was like, I don't know why, but I just was like, I want you to be on the podcast. There's some story there that I felt like the Lord was like, you need to have her share her story. And so I did. And then I didn't really know the story. And I bought your book, Beauty by Design. And it was just like, I was like, oh, this is why the Lord has um, best here today on this call, um, on this podcast. And, um, I'm so excited for people to get to know you. So that is the long version of the way that I creeped on you and met you, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just so cool because I love your design. I think it's beautiful. And, but more beautiful is the story behind your design. So Ginger, would you kind of share a little bit about your upbringing? Because that's such a part of who you are today. Absolutely. And and you're absolutely right. I, I grew up in a big family. I'm one of seven kids, second oldest. 
four girls, three boys in that order. And, and really my siblings became my, not only my partners in crime, of course, we got in, you know, all the trouble, but, but really my best friends. And that, that continued through throughout our adult years, because we really survived our childhood in a lot of ways. There was a lot of abuse and neglect. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, my mom and dad were doing the best they could in a lot of ways they, they, they weren't. And we just faced an immense amount of, of, trauma um and even hunger i remember you know being i think i was maybe 6 and i was just i hadn't eaten in 2 days and my little tummy was rumbling and i looked at my 5 year old sister and i opened up the fridge our, our the ac had broke it was 100 something degrees in august in our house and i opened up the fridge to cool off and we just stuck our heads in there just trying to get a little break from the heat and i saw a stick of butter that was the only thing in the fridge wow. and i got a butter knife i cut it in half and we went in the closet to hide and we ate this stick of butter because we were hungry. And, you know, um, there was just, there, there was a lot and, um, but, but we, we had one another and that made such a difference for us in, you know, sort of overcoming some of those challenges at a very young age. Yeah. That is amazing. I know that in your, your book, you talk about how you got started with design, like how that hardship, how kind of the way you were bright, you were raised kind of bred this design and, um, mm-hmm. finding beauty, um, in really the ashes and just mm-hmm. in, in hardship and hard. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Absolutely. So you know, we, we had less than nothing. <laughs> we, we were just extraordinarily poor. Like we didn't really even have toys. And I remember one time finding a little rag doll type of thing on the road, literally on the road. And it was my grand prize treasure. This little dolly went everywhere for me with me. And I was so, so proud to have this doll. And, but I just remember like leaky faucets and, and rust in the stink sink from like the stain and, and, dingy wall color and, and just faded and worn tattered carpet. And just these things, like I remember the, the smells and the sounds and the feeling of this home that, that was a really sad and traumatic place. And then in contrast to that, in the summertime, my mom would take us on the Amtrak train, all seven children across the entire country to California, where her parents lived, where my mom and dad are both from. And they just happened to live in one of the most beautiful places in the entire country. They lived in um, Carmel and, and, um, mm. and the, the Carmel Valley and Monterey. And so I grew up as a little girl camping in Big Sur, playing on Pebble Beach, this, the, the sandy, you know, um, pebbles under, under my toes, the warm sunshine, my grandma and grandpa's house, like he had built it, uh, you know, from scratch 50 years ago. And it was just, it, it, it just had the charm and it was safe and it was beautiful. And there was the nature and there was this acorn tree that my mom had planted when she was a little girl. And it was just magical. I cannot even describe. And little did I know at the time that this was just carving this impression so deeply upon my heart that it would, it would, it would inform what I would do 
Mm. as a grown-up girl and then a young woman and in the career that I would eventually build. And the Lord was so strategic to expose me to so much goodness and such a reprieve from yeah. a very dark childhood and a very, very dark life. And so much of what I do today in my firm is, is very inspired by this, this magical childhood summer that, that I would have and go to this like not real place to me because it wasn't my ordinary life, but it suddenly became real. So yes, it was, it was a powerful experience. That sounds amazing. When you started in your book, you talk about a little bit about making your life, your home a little bit happier. And you would try to make things prettier inside your home as y'all kind of, you know, your situation financially kind of changed a little bit, shifted a little bit, and you were able to kind of have a little bit you, you were, you were the one that was kind of making, I, I feel like you were kind of the peacemaker maker. Is that kind of like your role mm-hmm. in the house? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. So you were kind of the peacemaker. So you kind of want to make everything pretty and, and, and kind of calm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in my childhood years, that's exactly what I, what I did. And so, um, eventually got to the point where I did have my own room. You know, we, we had, we had moved from sort of like a ghetto type of situation to like my almost like working our way up to sort of like a middle-class family by the time I was like 10 and 11 age. So, so really zero to 10, lots of darkness, lots of trauma. And then my dad started doing well with his business. Things started changing uh, for us a bit. And um, I, and really the the biggest part of that, that impacted my life was just simply the fact that I had my own room, AKA design laboratory. (laughs) And, you know, as, as a small child, I ordered my room. I organized my closet. I decluttered. I put up a piece of artwork. I styled it. I made my bed every day. Super proud of my bed because I had all these fluffy, frilly pillows and I had all these colors and I just, I would smooth out every wrinkle and place every pillow just so. And then my, all of my siblings know that if you wanted to watch Ginger have a meltdown, all you have to do is swing open her door and do a flying <laughs> Superman on her bed. And she will literally lose her because I work so hard to get those wrinkles out, you know, and it definitely wasn't about perfection. It was about being authentic to this, this desire in my heart Mm -hmm. for a haven, a place of safety, a place of order and and, and creating beauty in my own little world. There was so many things I couldn't control. And that's a picture of life. Like we, we can't control everything, but we can control something, our, our attitude, our perspective, and what, what are we going to do with the bandwidth that we do have? Yeah, that's so true. Um, when did you start designing for, um, profession? So for those that don't know, um, Ginger has, has this beautiful book called beauty by design that I was talking about. Um, but she has her own, um, design firm called, um, urbanology, right? Yes. Okay. Urbanology. And, um, it's amazing. So you can follow it on Instagram. Um, it's urbanology designs, right? Is that how it is Mm -hmm. on IG? And, um, we'll talk a little bit, we'll share that again at the end, but, um, so let's talk about how that kind of came to be because, Mm -hmm. you know, you come from this really hard place. Um, but God is just like putting this desire to create beauty among hard. Um, and that's kind of your theme truthfully, like beauty among Mm -hmm. hard. So tell me about how you started your design business. This is how I started design from absolutely. So 
the path to starting my business and the trajectory of a firm is quite an unlikely story. Like most of the stories of my life, it's, it's definitely just points to God and the doors and the windows and the cracks that he just formed and opened for me. And so I was actually, I was on the tail end of about 18 months of chemotherapy. I had been diagnosed with a very breast, aggressive breast cancer. It was right after my little girl had went through her own cancer battle for leukemia. I mean, we had we were coming out of an unimaginable season of our life. And I was going from like really heavy chemo drugs to easier drugs. And my hair started growing back. I just started to get the smallest amount of energy looking ahead with the new brightness in my eyes. Like I'm going to live life is life is I'm starting to get my energy back. I'm seeing a new hope for the first time in a very long time. And I just had this overwhelming like bubbling in my heart like like god stuck a coffee pot right in my heart and it was percolating and it was bubbling and it was just it wouldn't silence and it was this this sense of something's coming something's new something's ahead and i never forget my sweet husband said ginger listen to me little doll face i love you but you will start something just to start something you have been so down and so out and i know you you're an achiever. Like you, you want to do the next thing. And he said, I would suggest waiting until the Lord tells you exactly what he has. And it, I, of course I was like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Cause I, I had 12 <laughs> ideas that I was going to run past you this afternoon. You know? Yes. Yes. I have all these ideas. Yes. I thought, and I was just, and he just knew he could see it in my eyes. Like I was rearing to go. And it was, it was very true. And um, and so I did, and I waited, I waited month after month. And then one night at life group, we, we lead a family group on Tuesday nights and we were going around the room, sharing an icebreaker. And the question that night was, if you could do anything, if you could do your dream, if you could walk in the fullness of like your heart, you know, and some people said, Oh, I would have been an astronaut, or maybe I would have been a race car driver or a ballerina. And I was last. So I had a lot of time to think about it. And I just like, there was nothing else I could say except design. You know, and I just, I was embarrassed because I was like, well, it's so stupid. Like I could never do that, like clearly. And I don't even know why it's such a strong desire. And I've never actually articulated it completely, but here it is. This is what you get, you know? And that night I was offered a job for a design position from a builder who, who was in the group. And he said, well, duh, that doesn't surprise any of us. Like clearly look at your house. Like this is a gift. And I was like, oh no, 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 no not me. No, I just said that as like a fun thing. Like, <laughs> like that's just what I was. Astronaut. Yeah. Ba ballerina, astronaut. Like this yes. is not actually real, you know? And he was like, Ginger, yes, it is. Like, this is a, this is a gift. And I just was like, what? I was shocked. Yeah. I turned down, turned down the offer. And about a week later, Eric comes home from work and he said, Hey babe, what'd you do today? And I said, Oh yeah. You know, just a normal day, except, you know, I went to the bank and started an LLC. And he was like, a what? <laughs> I said, an LLC for a business. And he goes, well, what business did you start? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, when God like gives me an inch, it's like, I'm ready to take a mile. And, you know, um, it, it, there, I, there was other very sweet confirmations in between, you know, that seven day period that I felt like it, this was, this was something I was supposed, supposed to pursue. And this is the the area of my life where I really talk a lot about fear and it's a very powerful and compelling part of my story, especially for, for women, really for any of us, but just 
how often we stop from walking in the fullness of our gifts, from the fullness of our calling, from, from the things that God, not us, the creator of the universe has put in our hearts, in our DNA, that we have stopped or halted or, or have not taken that first step. And this is, this is the road I was at. I was at this crossroads and I was either at do this incredibly difficult thing. You have no training, no formal experience, no education. You have nothing that the world says, Ginger, you need to check these boxes before you even think about that thought, right. none of it. And here I was, and I'm having this conversation with God. And I said, God, but let's just face the facts. I'm not qualified. And he said, but Ginger, what if I've qualified you? Wow. Is that enough? And he was like, do you need man's qualification or would you rather have my qualification? And in a second, like it just, this, this oppression that was on me broke off. And it didn't mean that I didn't have to face challenges and massive fear and continue to overcome, but it broke off enough that I could take that first step. I'm telling you, I found this print off of Etsy. Okay. And it was right after this whole conversation was happening between me and the Lord. And it said, it was like a two-way conversation and it was, oh, but what if I fall? What if I stumble? And then the next part of the conversation was, oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Yeah. And it was in that moment, I was like, God, that's the conversation you're having with me. I, I print, I went to Staples. I printed it as big as their machine would print it. And I put it in a frame next to my bed. It wasn't cute. It did. It wasn't the right scale. It wasn't designer <laughs> anything. It was this massive, huge reminder every single day. I needed to remind myself, Ginger, you have to take that first step. Right. So you hadn't done any design before, like before you had started this, you hadn't like, what were you doing for your job? So my home, my home was this little, my personal little grown up girl laboratory. And it was beautiful. It was really cool. One of the, the, the first children's room that I ever designed, which was my, one of my kids became the number one, most popular children's room in the entire world on house. And that little project was sort of what kind of launched us not to the stratosphere, but like gave us some street, gave me some street cred. Right. And, and from there, like I started building the brand, hiring designers and things like that. So really my home portfolio, everything I'd ever done was my house, but it was good. It was such an expression of like what God had put in me and manifesting that in an intangible way. Yeah. Was this the daughter that had had leukemia as well? Yes, it was Avery's room. Yes, she was. She's. Um, she is now ten years old. She looks like Merida from Brave. She has like long corkscrew so red cute. curls. Yes. She often makes a little debut on my Instagram as well as my eight year old eight year old redhead. Um, and that it was a room for um, her and her little brother. And so it had to be sort of gender neutral for them because it was a yeah. boy and a girl. And I was like, how do I do a room that's like gender neutral that's not boring? Well, I figured it out and it became, <laughs> it became quite the sensation. And I was like this random, nobody, random person from North Texas, all of a sudden is like producing this work, you know, and it's because I chose to believe and listen um, to what, what God was calling me to. And in that process, in those beginning days that were so hard, he said, Ginger, no good thing will ever come out of your comfort zone honey, it's time to push. Like you're going to get uncomfortable. And I was like, golly, who thinks I've ever been comfortable? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you lived your life uncomfortable, right? I mean, oh my gosh. Okay. I want to stop for a real quick, for a real quick break. And then I'm going to, we're going to come back and I want to talk to you. I want to talk a little bit more about, um, what advice you'd give to women wanting to pursue their passion. So let's take a real quick break. 
Does your life feel like you're in the movie Groundhog Day? Stressed, overwhelmed, lackluster, on repeat? I've developed a free resource just for you. Connect with us at leadershipmadefun.com and download your free copy of Five Ways to Find More Fun and Freedom in Your Life. Discover the secrets to living the life you've always wanted. Okay, so we're back. Okay, let's talk a little bit about, you were talking about people overcoming their fears and, you know, a lot of women that I that I come in contact with, I'm, I'm 40, about to be 48, empty nester. Um, and um, my oldest, you know, is 21, just got married. My youngest is a sophomore at Auburn. And so we're, I'm in this like empty nest syndrome season, right? And um, a lot of people around me are too. And what a lot of people are finding is, kind of what you're saying, like feeling inadequate of starting something new, feeling um, like scared, you know, to try something, especially if they've been pouring into their children, you know, their children's life. And they're like, now what? There's a lot of now what in my life, like what now what? And I feel like a lot of women go to the point where they're just like, God's done with me. Like I've done my thing. I've raised my children. There's really nothing else for me, but I feel like in my life, when I felt that way, God opened up all this other stuff for me. And, and I can tell he's done that for you too. So what would you tell women who are wanting to pursue their passion and even how to find their passion? Yeah. Well, first of all, as you know, God is never done with you and what he has in store for us and the plans that he has are good. In fact, that's exactly what his word says. Mm. And he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And, you know, so much of what we struggle with is really about changing our mind about how we see ourselves and how God sees us. Mm. And this, this is what, what I would love to draw your attention to. So it, God is the, if we are created in his image, which we are, and he is the author and the authenticator of creativity and beauty. What is what does that mean for us? Well, it means that we have a desire and a natural longing within that to pursue the desires and the creativity and the things of our heart. Right. Like it's woven in us. I think sometimes it's as women we can feel like selfish for wanting to pursue something that um that is of interest or that gets us excited. And in reality, like, I just want us to remember, like, God is the one who puts those desires in our heart, you know, and that is so powerful because if we are leaning on his authority and his permission to, to walk into these seasons of our life with confidence and with joy and excitement, you know, what, what, what other permission do we need? It's simply Mm -hmm. just, again, that's why I say changing your mind. Like, what are you, what are you believing about how God views you? What are you believing about yourself? That's keeping you from taking that first step. The first step is the hardest. If you you are, and that's it. And I would just say, please take the first step. Some of the most beautiful treasures and the nuggets of gold in your life will be produced from that very, very hard thing that you do. Not the huge wins, not the huge successes. Those will come over time. But but what is being built in your spirit and your heart by taking the leap of faith, that's called growth. That is where growth happens. And growth, guess what? Begets growth, right? Just like bad habits beget bad habits. <laughs> it's the same thing. For sure. You know, and there's breakthrough when you take that first step, massive breakthrough. 
I think that is so true. I think a lot of women, the other thing I, I was like, you're my people when I, well, I mean, there's a lot, I didn't, I didn't know your story. I didn't know you're a believer. I didn't know, um, you know, your background. I didn't know anything, but it was like, when I was reading your book, I was like, she's my people. Like she totally, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, Ginger and I are BFS. She just doesn't know it yet. But um, <laughs> But I was, I think the, the point in your book that you talked about is your priorities were in line. So it was also, you were using your giftings in line with your priorities as well. And so many times people are fearful because, you know, they're like, well, what if my priorities get out of line or whatever that you can have priorities and you can pursue your passion at the same time. Is that uh, hundred percent. I think some really- people feel like you can't do both. Like you can't pursue yeah. your passion and, mm. and, and have your priorities in line. Well, there's this really cool chick in the Bible and Proverbs 31. <laughs> and when we think of her, we think, oh, the noble wife and the, this and this, yes, she was noble. And she was all these things, but she was the like example. She was the poster child of a very successful entrepreneur, mother, and mm. wife. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have permission from Proverbs 31, I don't, I don't know what, because that woman was crushing it. And I look at that, but I know a lot of women look at that verse with almost like this, like weightiness of, like, oh, I've got to live up. I'm like, no, she gave us permission, permission. Yes. to walk and step into the callings and the desires that we've just been shoving down for so long. Right. She's saying, oh no, 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 no. You are so capable you know, our husbands are capable, you know, uh, we we are just as capable, like the plan that God has for us and that he wants us to lean into is, um, is not something that deserves to be diminished. Mm -hmm. So true. I think that what you were also saying is there was some balance that you had to come across too. You had some like Mm -hmm. things you had to, because you're like me, you're a workaholic, love to do. I mean, and when you're working in your passion, it is so hard not to work 24 seven. Amen. I mean, like you want to just do it all the time. Right. And thankfully we have our spouses in the Lord to kind of keep us in line and keep us in check of like our priorities. And and there were some times that you had to kind of like, I, I call it like bridle your ambition or whatever to keep your priorities in line. Is that true? Oh, a hundred percent. And, and in fact, you're right, especially when you're, when you're pursuing something that you're really passionate about, it doesn't always feel like work, you know? And in the beginning, I didn't have a manual or, or any sort of rule book that like, Hey, actually at 5 PM, really, really, really work should stop. And really don't deflate your batteries by responding to emails at midnight and working the weekends. And I, my whole heart was in just like with anything, I'm really mm-hmm. not interested if I cannot just a hundred percent dump my heart into what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm setting a table, picking flowers, or I'm designing a space. I need to be fully authentic authentically me in those moments. And which is great. So good, except hello recipe for exhaustion. And so I didn't know that. And it was, it was a season. The first two years were brutal. Mm. I, I was 10 feet underwater. I, I was, I, everything that I had built was at risk because I was so wore out. I was, you know, I had five children you know, Avery's a cancer survivor. I'm a cancer survivor. Just those two things right there. The amount of appointments and the amount of things we have to do is like, whoa. Okay. Then there's braces, dentist, health, 
normal healthy doctor's visits, soccer practice, dinner, breakfast, lunch, keeping a home. I do have a husband. He does and would like my attention from time to time. Then my <laughs> clients and my business, hiring people, growing a firm, buying an old fire station, renovating it. Okay. You get the point. Yeah. Like a lot. And so naturally- I felt like I was drowning and constantly just walking under 10 feet of water. And it was really powerful, the lessons that I learned in this season, because it was like, I could just keep hitting that brick wall and just, or I could finally stop and look at that brick wall and say, Ginger, you're either going to make some hard decisions to change the circumstances or you're not. Mm. And I feel like so many times there are answers to our problems and they're right around us. We are just so rutted because we've been doing it for so long. And if we pause, get some fresh perspective, mm. there are some, some really healthy things to bring about change. And some of it is refocusing your priorities. A lot of the times for Eric and I, the massive breakthrough came when I approached him and things on the line. And I just, I'm, I'm not in a great place. I'm struggling. And at this point, the firm's doing well. And, um, you know, I, I was like, either I have to change what I'm doing, or you have to change. I just don't know how we keep going forward. And he, we ended up making the decision that he would resign from his very successful corporate job that had all the amazing health insurance and mm. all the benefits and all the things that kept us cozy and warm. <laughs> Yay. Yay for that. Oh, talk about gut-wrenching sickness oh. to like say it out loud. And we just prayed and prayed. And we asked all of our close friends to gather around us and be intentionally praying because we this was a massive family decision, a massive life decision. I was like, oh, it could be the best thing we ever did or we could be like homeless. <laughs> well, you've been there before. So you 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 know what it's like. So it just, it, the pressure was real. But like, you know, we don't make decisions out of fear. You know, we, it doesn't mean that they're not hard doesn't mean that we're not afraid it, it, you know, but we make decisions out of peace and we could not deny that the fact that the Lord was, um, really ushering us to do this. And so Eric went to go give his notice and his boss was like, yeah, no, you really actually can't quit. Sorry. Like you just, no, we just, you really can't quit. And he was like, Oh, actually, yeah, I got it. I really do got to actually quit. You know, like he was their golden child. Like they just, he's, he's just so much favor. He's an incredible leader. I can see a hundred percent. I wouldn't want to let him go either. And what ended up happening was that they basically offered him this incredible, like part-time keep benefit salary. Like I, it was mind blowing and it doesn't, it's a corporate culture. Like it's, there's no part-time positions in existence, but they made a way, right? Totally God they carved a new thing just to have him. Wow. And he put it, he was like, I'll take that deal, you know, and <laughs> yes. it's my life, our lives, his life and our family changed overnight with that decision. And it wasn't not hard. Okay. It was yeah. super hard. It yeah. was super the right thing to do. And, you know, now, now fast forward to today, he he's on, he works for the company full time. He's our CFO and COO. He's absolutely brilliant. I, 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 I knew that, you know, I was, he, it, I was buying to get him. Like I, I wanted him fully, you know, and, and now he is, and it's just incredible testimony and story. And we're, in, we're blessed by that, but we had to face some really hard realities to not quit running into that same brick wall. That was really not life-giving anymore. 
Right. Right. Cause sometimes what happens is it can something that is so you're so excited about, so passionate about can stop being life-giving. And so at that point you have to go, okay, what am I doing wrong? What adjustments do I need to make, you know, and to have that life-giving feeling again and, and fulfill that passion. Let's take a real quick break. Does your life feel like you're in the movie Groundhog Day? Stressed, overwhelmed, lackluster, on repeat? I've developed a free resource just for you. Connect with us at leadershipmadefun.com and download your free copy of Five Ways to Find More Fun and Freedom in Your Life. Discover the secrets to living the life you've always wanted. Okay, so we're back. So how's it been um, working together? You know, we are a thousand percent the opposite human beings in every yes. single way. Isn't that the I'm way the, the Lord does? Doesn't he just do that? Like he just well, it with like, what in the world? It's it's necessary for sure. I am the build the ship in the middle of the ocean. Don't give me a life preserver. Don't even think <laughs> about giving me instructions. Uh, you know, f- parts are floating all over the place. Waves are coming. Things are scared. And then there's Eric and he's on the shoreline with his spreadsheets and his roadmap and his uh-huh. data. And he's looking at me and warrior because I'm <laughs> building my ship at sea and he's over there. And it's just, that's the picture. And it's such a beautiful combination. I'm always urging him to go, go, go. It, it not meaning not, um, what's the word? Not go, go, go. It's, um, urging him to take risk, healthy, strategic risk. And he's always slowing me down. Right. And so we're a great combination. He's the, the kindest, most humble, grateful, hardworking person, human being I've ever known in my life. And he happens to be my husband and my best friend. And we have a really great working relationship. We have learned that we cannot work in the same office. It meaning like we're fighting for calls and zoom calls and talking over and we're just annoying each other. So, but outside (laughs) of that, you know, we, we, we work together on a day-to-day basis. We have our own offices. (laughs) Um, For the health of your marriage is a good idea. Yes. Yes. But he, I just can't say enough amazing things about that man. He is He's just fantastic. And it feels like a really huge gift that I get to work with him on a professional level. That's so cool. Um, I, what, um, I love, okay. Let me ask you, who do you get your inspiration from? Like, do you have like certain designers that you follow or, or was there something growing up that, you know, that you kind of got your, your inspiration from? Where do you get your inspiration mm-hmm. from? I mean, obviously I so. the Lord and his beauty and nature, but Her. For sure. Yes. Nature a thousand percent. I know that there's a lot of people that say that, but it's, it's, it's true. I'm super inspired by, you know, the, the sun that filters through the windows and, um, the, the elements that we can bring outdoors. And I, I totally like dig that vibe. And then I, there are industry professionals, um, Kelly Worsler. She's super way out there. She's got some weird stuff, but I love it. I love that. She's like, let's defy the status quo, you know, and our brand isn't that it's, it, it, it's elements of that where we do something just totally unique and really special, wildly impactful, the wow moment where your jaw drops. So I love and respect her, um, her boldness. And then there's other interior designers that just aesthetically, just the way that their minds work. I'm like, yep, yep. I could live in that house, that house, that house, that room, that bathroom. Like, can I just stare at this all day? You know, uh, people like Sarah Sherman Samuel, she is just, I just, oh, so much goodness and so much brilliance. Um, in that girl. 
I love how you, when on your stories and stuff, you're y'all bought a house. It's like on five acres, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I don't know. About six acres. Six yep. Acres. And a pond. Yep. Okay. And a pond. And so I love like how you, like I've watched you a couple of times, like kind of take elements from outside and bring them inside. Or like, I can see how like the colors and the textures of like what you're looking out outside ends up being in your design. It's really cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know anything about design. I mean, I like it. I like to admire <laughs> it, but I don't know anything about it, but, um, I love, I love seeing how all that comes together. So now that you're, so this business that you started has only been going on since when? 2015? It's about when did you six start? years old. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. yeah. So you started your business in 2015 and it has gone like crazy. So what is the progress of like, what has, what has happened, you know, between now and then? Then and now. Well, and again, it's unlikely. It's not, it's just not the, the, the normal common story. Usually that I think about 90%, if not a little bit more of uh, interior designers, it's, it's a one man, one woman show, one man show. Um, the, the vast majority aren't firms. And so to be a firm immediately just sort of like, you know, sort of sets us apart a little bit too. And, um, we, let's see, I ended up my first year hiring. You started as a firm differently. So back that up. So tell me how that's different than like, so one man show, did you decide right away you wanted to have a firm instead of like, a one yes, man that show? was tell me because that's different because I've hired, I always, I've, I've hired designers in the past because I think it's so smart to hire a designer. You save so much money on bad paint. <laughs> Paint jobs, you know, <laughs> by hiring a designer, I'm like, like to people say, should you hire? I'm like, yes, I, cause I do love design. I love, you know, my grandmother always had a gorgeous house. Always. She always hired, hired designers. She always implemented with them always to the nines. Like, I mean, like model home always. Um, and my mom was like that. And so I'm less, I mean, I'm more, uh, I am like that too. I fight it, you know, I'm like, uh, but I'm way more minimalistic than both of them. Um, but, uh, so, but, so I always tell people hire a designer because you could, I mean, one painting, one room could cost you a mistake, a lot of money, whereas you pay a designer and you don't make that mistake and you save so much money. So tell me how the difference in, in the way that goes. Well, so it's, it's, it's pretty simple. You, you know, so a lot of interior design, nothing wrong with it. I, you know, a lot of my friends, um, interior designers, it's, it's just, then they're solopreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I knew immediately that I did not want to be a solopreneur. I wanted to have a firm meeting. I wanted to have a whole team of women and I wanted to hire and have interior designers. And I wanted to have an expediter and I wanted to have a project manager. And I wanted a team of people that night that we were, it was, I was doing the, the icebreaker and I said, Oh, I want to be an interior designer. My next sentence was, but I wouldn't do it alone. I would create an amazing team and my job would be the visionary to do this, 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 and this. And these other roles would do this, 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 and this. Okay. First time the, my brain synopsis fired and completed that sentence. I said it out loud within a less than a year later, I had done just that. I had hired three people and we were on our way to becoming a robust interior design firm. Again, I, I cannot emphasize it's not no, quite normal. Like it's not the normal trajectory that that happens. It, it was just a combination of, of 
me like saying yes to what God wanted to do and a lot of hard work and, you know, hiring incredibly amazingly talented women. You know, one of the things that you said is, and I've noticed this about you, you hired out your weaknesses too. So mm-hmm. one of the things, and, and a smart businesswoman will hire out her weaknesses. So meaning if you're really good at this, but you stink at this, hire someone that's really good at the other thing, right? So like I'm, you know, I have an assistant, she works, you know, 25 plus hours a week. She does all the details because I'm horrible at details. But if I asked her to, you know, she can't, you know, do my podcast. She can't talk to my customers. She can't, you know, help my coaches. I have to do that. Right. So, and that's what my strengths is. So hiring out your weaknesses is super important when you're building a business. And also I love the fact that you had this bigger scope, you know, again, it's, it's, you didn't have a limiting belief of what God was going to do. You had a big goal, a big belief. And a lot of times we limit ourselves um, to be just like, well, I'm just going to do this, you know, I'm just going to do this little thing, but you have this huge vision of like, I know where I'm strength. My strengths are, I know what it could be. And you had like this huge vision for that. And I love it. I think it's genius. Like it's so, and that's, that's the way that you grow a scalable business as well. Right. Cause you know, as a mom, you only have a certain amount of time, um, mm-hmm. and a certain amount of hours in the day. And another business tip for all you business people out there. Um, hi, you have an hourly, um, amount too, right? So you only can cap yourself, you know, at a certain amount. So as you, if you build a business, you're able to grow exponentially instead of just you, because you only have so many hours in the day. So, um, I love that. Mm. Yeah. So that's super cool. So you hired out immediately that first three, three people in the first year. And then how many employees do you have now? Seven. Seven. And how many designers mm-hmm. do you have? And then like what what are their what are their their jobs? Yeah, and and we're we're growing. So we're we've got a junior senior designer, junior senior designer, meaning a one pod of each. Okay. And then we're gonna I'm hiring for another third pod, junior senior designer. Okay. So you know, that's one, two, four, six. So six. A, t- a team of six design. Okay. And then we've got a full-time expediter. The expediter does all the ordering, all the tracking, all the receiving. It's a massive, like a thousand hundred juggling balls. It's, it's a really intense. Does role, that all go to but, like a warehouse or whatever? Is that what it does? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything goes to our receiver. And then we have our project manager. Then we've got, um, we've got me and the, um, the CEO. And we've got the CFO and COO, same person. And then we've got our, um, our technical person and yeah. So they do all that. And then do you have someone else that runs the, um, firehouse? Yes. Yes. And so the fire, the urban firehouse is a really unique, um, venue space. It was an old fire station that we renovated and just made wildly beautiful. Like the before and after is really fun to look at the before and after. And so it's the full-time venue on the evenings and weekends. It's just incredible space. And then up in the loft, I built a loft and put our design firm up at the loft so that the downstairs could operate fully without any interference. 
That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. So you have to check it out on Instagram because it's it's like, I'm like, what do I need a party for? I need to mm-hmm. play at a party. It's, uh, it's so fun. It's called the Urban Firehouse. Urban Firehouse. And, so check that yes. out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's 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 incredible. It's it's so beautiful. Um, and so now y'all are six years in. And um, how many, so how many clients do y'all usually take at, mm-hmm. at one time? So we used to take on a bunch, which for that, that means different things to different people. So for me, a bunch was like 50 or 60 clients in, in a year's period. And what, what we've done over the years is we've taken on a lot less clients and a lot bigger projects. Okay. And, you know, we've sort of, we have more of a niche. We're just, we're not trying to really be all things to all people. Okay. I have a consulting package and that's all things to all people that that's to help people, whatever level they need help with. You know, I'm, I'm flying to Colorado next, next weekend to go to this incredible ranch and they're hiring me to do a consult and it's, it's a really amazing, super cool service. So there's that, but somebody who's wanting like full service, it typically, most of the time is usually like whole home. So it tends to be these really big projects. And so what'll happen is someone's moving to a new house, nothing works. Like they've had their design style for 12 years. It's old world or traditional. They're so over it. And they're just a lot of times are, are ready to completely make a fresh start, keeping a few key pieces that are vintage or grandma's hutch or special or cool artwork. Always really want to be intentional about that. And so that, that has really wound up being like our specialty is, is bigger whole home projects. Yeah. And so with that, we do, you know, maybe, um, maybe 15 large projects a year and then maybe like five medium projects. Okay. So it's kind of more scalable too. And so that means for those that are maybe not aware, like if you are, they, you would even do like, if be at the very beginning of like, if you're going to build like a custom home and, um, you need help with picking out all the things, like you're just like, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I need you. So you would help with the picking out of all the tiles and the flooring and the walls and the, and the, and the furnishings, all the things. And that's what, that's kind of more now what you are kind of geared towards is kind of, yeah. Right. It, yeah, it's, it's actually a really great point because we've there's it's kind of think of it as two different buckets. So we've got one one bucket is just what you said. It's you're building a new house and it's all the finish out selections, meaning flooring, tile, paint, hardware, lighting, and you just feel like you've got a loaded smoking gun to your head because your contractor needs decisions yesterday, right? right? And it's really really stressful for people. That would also like a construction project would fall into that same thing where it's like what are all the finishes and what are all the decisions? We can completely take that off your plate and a hundred percent handle that for you. And so we, we do, you know, usually from mid-size to, to large size for, for that area. So that's one category. And then another category is, and they, maybe they're combined, maybe they're, they're, they're not, you know, uh, maybe your house is already updated or you moved into a new house and it's finished. You just need furnishings and decor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we'll go in and we'll create a unique design concept for every space in the home. And one of the things that makes us unique is we will literally design three concepts for every single room. Like we don't just like cross our fingers and here's the bedroom and here's the master. You literally get, it's our clients really love it because they have no doubt that we've not left a stone unturned. And it's just, we're very successful with creates a ton of extra work for us, but our success rate is massive. It's worth it. Well, the nice thing about that too, is like, um, they're, they're, you're catching one of their styles, right? Cause they probably, your client probably has like some preferences, but it's kind of hard to like maybe articulate that. And so therefore you're able to kind of say, which, you know, they're like, oh yes, I like that better. 
Yeah, but believe it or not, we we spend so much time doing this deep dive to really understand their style, help them to articulate what their style is so that we've got it. Day one, we are, we are hitting the ground running. We've got it. The three iterations that we create for them are all within their style. We know yeah. all three of them. And so literally it's just, which one makes your heart stop? You know what I mean? Because even when we've nailed their style, combo one, combo two, combo three, and, and it's, it's very all pulled together so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. It's not, one of the things that we don't do is overwhelm our client with a million decisions and options. There's a lot of people who just don't work. They crumble under that and they stall. And so we've learned that we've made the decision-making process so clear, so translatable, so visually like clear that it it becomes very simple for them to like understand concepts and make decisions. I love it. I love it. I love all that. So, cause as you know, there are so many decisions when you're moving into a new home or, or you want to redo, like we're redoing our lake house and it's like, it's so many decisions. I'm like, I don't know. And I like it. Like I, I like that kind of stuff and it's so stressful to me. So I can't imagine if I didn't like the kind of stuff and like you're having me, I mean, I can totally see cratering, you know, often in that kind of situation. So, um, I love it. Okay. So let's talk about where people can find you, um, and, um, work with you because obviously everyone's going to want to work with you after hearing your amazing story, (laughs) just how you, um, you know, if you just, you don't have to look very far to see, like get her book beauty by design, Ginger Curtis. It's amazing. Um, it is, you can get it on Amazon. Um, I get, I did. And, um, it's just, it's a beautiful book. I love all the textures and, oh, just, it's beautiful. So tell everybody where, where they can find you. So just the, the quickest, fastest is probably Instagram, Urbanology Designs. It's such a great snapshot of our brand. If you mm-hmm. want to understand like the tonality of what we gravitate towards and what we what we do for people and what inspires us, Instagram is just a beautiful place to land. And then of course, our website is also urbanologydesigns.com is a great place to see portfolio images, great blogs to get inspiration and be informed. And I would say, those, and then the book is an amazing resource. And so it, it's, it shares my story. It's also a really unique field guide. It gives you tons of tips, resources for my favorite go-to places to shop pillows, artwork, decor, furniture, accessories, how to's for, you know, where, how to hang lighting and window treatments. And it's just, it's a great field guide. So there's, there's a lot of great stuff and goodness in the book too. I would say guys, if you pick up a copy of that book and it touches you, and, and, you know, um, you were moved by, it. I would love for you to go online at any of the, the retail Amazon or anywhere else and leave a review for that oh, book. Yeah. It helps tremendously. Please do. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's so funny because a lot of times design books, you just kind of like look through them, you know, and you just kind of like look through the pictures and like, Oh, that's really fun. And then you'd whatever this is like, so, I mean, the story of it and the beauty, how well it's written and it literally inspires you. You know, some books inspire you by just the pictures. This inspires you not only by the pictures, but by what you wrote and just your story. And, and it was funny because my mom, I go, mom, you need to, you need to read this book. And she goes, I don't, 
you don't read those books. You don't read, those are just to look at pictures. And I was like, no, no, you want to read this one. This is so good. <laughs> I was like, you will be inspired and you will love it. Um, and so she definitely did. So anyway, I made her bring it back today. So I'm gonna have to get her own copy. So anyway, <laughs> thank you, Ginger, so much for having, for being on our call. We loved it. Just appreciate you so, so much. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And make sure you guys get her book, Beauty by Design. Check out Instagram, Urbanology Designs. And um, thank you so much. Thank you. for listening to my podcast, Oh, the People Will Meet. Don't forget to visit my website, leadershipmadefun.com to download for free five ways to find more fun and freedom in your life or contact me directly. If you've loved the podcast, would you share it with your friends and even subscribe? I look forward to who we're going to meet next time. Until then. Until then.